I think this would have a big impact on the on the volunteer sector because it would make it harder because now you're talking asking about people to go longer to school and in some cases this might re this might actually some volunteer departments may say well we can't we can't afford to do ALS and so then what would happen then in their communities they might have to drop back down to BLS. Enchanted Sky Media. Media. Federal Resources Studio. This is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service, discussing firefighting strategy, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again here on Code 3. This is the show for and about firefighters. We're informing and entertaining members of the fire service, just like you, from coast to coast. Is EMS work a trade or profession? That could be the question at the center of a debate on education for EMS providers. There's a growing push to require at least a two-year associate degree for certification. Some officials want a bachelor's degree to be a requirement, but the main qualification people entering the EMS field need after their training is probably experience, which academics don't provide. Here to give us some perspective on all this is David Becker. He's currently a faculty member for Columbia Southern University's programs in emergency medical services management and emergency medical services administration. David worked for 22 years in the fire service, including 15 as the chief officer. He's held a current paramedic license since 1977, and I don't know if that's a record, but it sure sounds like one to me. And he's the past chair of the emergency medical services section of the IAFC. David Becker, welcome to Code 3. Well, good morning, Scott. I'm happy to be here. It's good to have you. I'll start with the question that has me most intrigued, although it's not the first logical question. Would EMTs and medics make a higher wage if they're required to have a degree? Well, I, I guess from the from the fire service standpoint, and, and really if you look at all of EMS, I don't think that that's necessarily the case. And so, it's one of these things that is is an is a is it required for entry level, and in order to get this requirement in place, you know, they, there's an assumption by the people obviously pushing for the degrees that they're going to be able to get paid more. But I think if you look at from an employment standpoint, most places are, they certainly pay for degrees as you get promoted and as you move up in the chain into supervisory roles and things like that, you need degrees for that. But for entry level, and, and really the debate kind of centers around this entry level from a professional standpoint, it, it's it's really about entry level. And so, and really the degree point is more towards the paramedics than it is the EMTs, although certainly that could be a discussion for down the road. But right now the, the debate is focusing on should a paramedic have to have an associate's degree in order to graduate from an accredited paramedic program. How would a degree requirement affect the number of firefighters who also need to be EMS certified? I think, well, it would certainly impact 
those people that are that are going through school. Typically, uh, in order to get an associate's degree, it's going to make the program longer. If you look at a lot of the paramedic programs that are out there right now, they're about a year long, and so most uh, associate degrees are uh, usually two years. And so, uh, you're, in some cases, you could potentially double the length of the paramedic program in order if they had to have an associate's degree. And a lot of times, we're just talking about ge- adding gen ed classes. We're not talking about adding more content to the paramedic piece of it. We're talking about uh, general education, English, history, social sciences, things like that. Why should people in EMS have to hold a degree when they would be basing it on general ed courses? In other words, what benefit does geography or poli-sci offer a paramedic? Well, I mean, certainly, you know, the idea of having a degree shows that you've accomplished something, that you've been able to uh, communicate in writing and, and and verbally speaking and things like that. So it's not, it's not you know, I guess that those of us that are on the side of not being uh, in favor of requiring it, it, it doesn't necessarily add that extra content with regards to making them a better clinician. And that's that's really kind of the, you know, kind of what is it, some of what the core is. They're, they're looking to try and, you know, a lot of them, a lot of people want this to be more, want it to be longer, and they think that you need a degree in order to be a professional. And I, I will tell you, as, as being a paramedic, as long as I haven't been in EMS, I, I've always considered myself a professional. I don't think I need that. I, I don't think I needed that in order to get into the field. I went back and got my degrees after the fact, after I'd been in the field for a number of years. Is yeah. there a feeling that requiring a two or four year degree could weed out some less desirable candidates, for lack of a better word? Well, it would certainly impact the number of uh, programs that would be available. So if if you could, if if they limit it to just colleges and universities, it would affect over 130 paramedic programs in the country right now because there is a pathway. Uh, the, the other thing I would tell you is there is a pathway. So every every accredited paramedic program in the country right now is if they don't offer their they don't offer an, uh, the uh, the degree at their institution, they have to have what's called an articulation agreement or a memorandum of understanding with a college or a university so that the student can get college credit should they decide to go there. So there is already a pathway currently right now. It's just not a mandate. And so, yeah, so to answer your question, if those 130 programs went away, you know, we're talking about specifically fire, you know, fire service from the fire service standpoint, there's about 19 paramedic programs right now in the country. If those all went away and those fire departments couldn't provide that training, they'd have to go to a college or university that would have a big impact on the number of paramedics that are already out there. And we already see a shortage in, in the country right now. There's a, there's a current, there's a, there's a pretty good shortage of paramedics, not in every area, but in certain areas of the country, we see a shortage. And so this, this mandate would, in effect, if you wiped out 100, over 130 programs, would, would create an, an even bigger shortage. I'll be back with more right after this. When that call comes in and you rush to head out, the last thing you're thinking about is your safety. But your safety is all Federal Resources thinks about. At Federal Resources, we work to make sure that every responder is equipped, trained, and ready to come home safely. You look out for everyone else. Let us look out for you. Learn more at federalresources.com. 
Now, what about volunteers? Is it possible that people who already hold a degree could simply add on EMS courses? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, it, I think it's one of those things. It depends on how they're, how they're talking about set, setting this up. And and we see that a lot of times with programs. There are people that walk in with bachelor's degrees that, that are going to go get their EMT certification, get their paramedic certification. Are they good? In most cases, those are pretty good students uh, because they've already kind of got that basic learning, the learning process down. And that's, I think that's one of the key things is, is just what is the learning process. And so is the outcome any different? Does that make them any better of a, an entry-level competent person? Not necessarily because they don't have that experience. But um, so that's, that's kind of where the, where the, where the two sides kind of differ as to what, what actually, you know, how things would actually work if that was, you know, if, if it was, they did try to get something like that passed. It strikes me that for volunteers who don't hold a degree already, this could be a deal breaker because it would require them to go to school and pay for it to do something that now they just pay for courses related to EMS. Absolutely. You know, this, I think this would have a big impact on the, on the volunteer sector because it would make it harder because now you're talking to asking about people to go longer to school. And in some cases, this might, this might actually, you know, some volunteer departments may say, well, we can't, we can't afford to do ALS. And so then what would happen then in their communities, they might have to drop back down to BLS. And so that certainly has an impact on the community. And, and I don't think that's, I don't think that's really the goal of anything or it shouldn't be the goal of anything is to decrease the level of service. Is this whole conversation academic i mean is it hypothetical or is this a real real consideration these days no it, it it's real unfortunately we we had a big debate about this uh in during scope of practice and if you look at the scope of practice document um that just came out from nitsa uh it talks about uh, a recommendation that to the future, towards the future, and they even put a date in there of the mid 20s, uh, 2025 or something, uh, in order for this to happen. And so, and and there's a couple states right now that are already talking about. There's so there's two states that require an associate's degree, Kansas and Oregon. There's a couple other states that are actually looking at it. Both North Carolina and Kentucky have put forth proposals that they would require that as part of their their state statutes or whatever that all the paramedic programs would require. You'd have to have an associate's degree in order to get licensed or certified in those states. Now, if I've heard you correctly, you don't seem to be in favor of this. Is that true? I think if you ask anybody that's talked to me very much, they, that would be a true statement. I, and I'm not anti-education, I would say. That well, given, given your job, I would assume you aren't. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not anti-education at all. What I what I don't see is the need for this to be entry level an entry level requirement, and that's that's my whole point. Is the other thing is is I do a lot of site visits or on accredited paramedic programs, and I will tell you the the so accreditation of paramedic programs has only been mandated required in the United States since 2013. So we've only had five years where every paramedic program has to be accredited in, in, in order for people to be able to take the national registry. That being said, I'm seeing, and I've, and I've done both, I've done colleges, I've, got, I've done uh, fire-based programs, I've done consortium-based programs, which a lot of times are private email services that form, a, form a, uh, an agreement with a college or a university. And every single one of these are meeting the accreditation standard. So there's a national standard that's currently out there 
and all these different colleges can meet that standard. And so that's why I don't really see the need for us to mandate a degree on top of that, because we have a we have a national standard and all these accredited programs are are meeting and are being held to that standard, which is for entry level competent paramedics. It's not it's not somebody we're not expecting somebody to come out and be the EMS supervisor. We're not expecting someone to come out and be the EMS chief. All we're expecting them to do is to be able to get in the back of the ambulance and function as a entry-level paramedic. All right, David Becker, thanks for talking with us today on Code 3. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. And we put some more information about EMS education proposals on our website at Code3Podcast.com slash EMS education. All one word, EMS education. Check it out. Now, here comes your trivia question. And not surprisingly, it's an EMS question. What is the name of the wall between the heart's right and left ventricles? I'll have the answer right after this. If you like Code 3, you'll love the Code 3 Bull Session. It's more discussion with our guests on any topic. Sometimes it's serious. Sometimes it's not so serious. But it's only available to patrons of Code 3. Find out what you've been missing. Go to Code3Podcast.com slash support. Pledge just $10 a month to support Code 3, and you'll get immediate access to all the bull sessions in our library and future interviews as we post them. Become a patron today, support the show, and get access to the Code 3 bull sessions. Here's the trivia answer. The wall between the heart's right and left ventricles is the intraventricular septum. And you thought that would never come up once you finished training. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. What do you think of the show? Just email me and let me know. Scott at Code3Podcast.com Thanks for listening. I'll be back next time with more. I hope you'll join me. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe. Code 3 is made possible through the generous support of Federal Resources. Visit them at federalresources.com. This show is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To contact us, get more information on today's show, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to code3podcast.com.